Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is episode 315. And I'm alongside virtually about 3,000 miles from me today, my awesome co-host, Kasim Aslam. How are you, man? Living the dream, Ralph. How are you? Every day. It's just, you know, just doesn't get any better. Living the virtual life. And we've got one of your buddies. I don't know exactly how you guys met or came to meet, but super smart dude that we got out of here today as podcast because, you know, we're always interested in bringing on people that have a very different take on maybe some of the topics we've talked about prior. And I think we've talked about SEO. And obviously, the show is about traffic and obviously the conversion side of the equation. But I think when we talk about search engine optimization in the past, we've always talked about content and with Amanda Powell and a bunch of other people that we've talked to in the past. But today's show, we're going to be talking with Tyler Horsley. I almost said it incorrectly. Tyler Horsley, <laughs> Tyler Horsley who is all about creating SEO and getting traffic to your website without content. And it's all about link building, which we're going to be talking to him about here today. Yes, you still need words on your website, probably pretty helpful so people know who you are and what you do. But I think a lot of shows we talked about here in the past, it's always been about content first, content first. And Tyler, pretty excited to have you talk about a little bit of your background, which I know there's some interesting things that you've done prior to being the CEO and founder of Nuclear Networking, which is an awesome agency, which we'll talk about here on today's show. But how you actually do all this link building stuff, and maybe there might even be a solution for some small businesses and some enterprise clients to even deploy your stuff over at Nuclear Networking at the end of the show here. So welcome to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. 
And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I know you're like, you know, you're a digital marketing guru, specialist, subject matter expert now, but it wasn't always that way. It was, uh, you were a federal officer and you worked for the IRS. How does that actually get you to be a CEO and founder a badass SEO agency. It's just a natural transition. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I worked, for, I worked for the IRS. I worked for Department of Homeland Security and military contracting and a little mischievous by nature. I said that on other podcasts as well, but it, it, I think separately it takes a good criminal to be a good cop. And obviously integrity is what separates those two. But if you can kind of read between the lines and investigate Um, I've been able to use a lot of those skills uh, in the SEO space by deconstructing competitors, finding out, you know, what process they're using to win and and essentially beating those. So it kind of, kind of scratches that itch, but yeah, just uh, through a transitional phase, found this space really interesting. I love the uh, business space, the M&A space and more. And and so here I am. That actually kind of makes all the sense in the world because, you know, if you're working with the IRS, you're trying to find people that don't want to be found. (laughs) So now you just flipped it and you help the people that want to be found be found. I think that's a, yeah, it's a good transition. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. So tell us a little bit about what you guys do over at Nuclear Networking and, and what is this whole thing about content isn't the most important thing or isn't the thing that really drives SEO. It's all, it's link building and maybe we can talk here today a little bit more about like a lot of the link building practices that really don't help your rankings at all through Google. So tell us a little bit about what you guys do over there and uh, maybe start off with some not to do's when it comes to link building and why content isn't as important as everybody says it is. Yeah, you got it. Just brief introduction, nuclear networking. We're based out of South Denver. We scored top 5% on Inc. 5000 last year. We primarily only do SEO as a core focus, right? And so, and I recognize the way you framed the question and you're absolutely right and I'll embellish, but it breaks the internet. I've been on panels before where people strongly disagree. And so I'm prepared for that. (laughs) But just giving a little bit of context before we jump into link building, I spent a large majority of my time I, I would say, and, and I think a lot of listeners out there who either own agencies or have hired an agency or interested in doing that have a variety of different experiences, right? I can tell you in Denver downtown, I'm friends with a lot of other agency owners, but I'll walk into an agency and it'll be ping pong tables, micro brews, people hanging out on their phones all day. And, and our organization is quite a bit different. So I guess just culturally a little bit different. Most of the individuals that are at nuclear or private, you know, private equity based or, or uh, MBAs and data analytics, former business owners themselves. So the business acumen is a little bit higher, but um, I guess those types of things afford us a different perspective, which I think is pretty important. So yes, you're correct. You know, nuclear doesn't lead with content. One example and, and hope to God this still holds true, you know, when, as people are listening to this in the future, but you know, we're ranking for Denver SEO 
number one, we're ranking for a lot of other terms. We haven't blogged in eight months, eight. So already that's, that goes against a lot of recommendations. What I also kind of do just to poke ourselves is like, what if we actually did content? How much better would we, would we be online? So maybe even better, but in the private equity world, most of those individuals, depending on the demographics that you're working with, do not understand the acronyms that we use. They could care less. They understand return, ROI. If I pay you 5,000, you better make me 15. <laughs> you know, so, so we, we got really good at only doing the things that move the needle. So to give you a couple examples before I jump into link building, we look at individual sites and some of those sites are coming from other SEO agencies. Most SEO agencies, I try to kind of tackle this for people. So you might have some listeners who, who aren't as technically savvy, and that's totally fine. They are experts in their own domain, and this just happens to be mine. I try to explain to them, you know, a website is like a home, right? And content is kind of like the rooms in which people engage. So it is important to your point, like you've already said, people need a place to come in and learn who are you? What do you do? What do you sell? So content is important. The next stage of SEO is on-site optimization. So that's technical, right? A lot of people can watch YouTube or think they know enough to be dangerous on the side, but I call it cleaning the house before you invite people over or before Google looks at your home. That's typically where 90% of SEO agencies stop right there. They're going to deliver you blogs monthly. And I know a lot of listeners have probably been like, yep, I'm, I'm getting those currently. It is a measurable deliverable that a client can see, touch, feel, which is hard in our space. Like, let's just call it what it is. If people don't understand what SEO is, and they're paying for something they don't understand. They need something in return. So, so SEO agencies give them blogs, and, and that's a start. What people don't do is the third part of SEO, which is off-site backlink building or off-site SEO. That's what I would call in that metaphor, inviting people over to the house, right? That's the whole point. And if you ask 99% of business owners, why did you hire an SEO agency? It's typically not because I just love content and I want to get tons of things delivered to me monthly. It's, I want to get more customers and more, you know, more sales. <laughs> I want my traffic to convert. I'm trying to grow my company. I'm not just paying you for the fun of it, right? And so working in that space for quite some time, we really dialed into what actually moves the needle. Um, and we can prove this out. We've already proven it out. Um, we've proven it out and even built a platform about it um, that I can touch on later if you'd like me to uh, for link acquisition. But so let's talk about links. Do you care if I just jump in? Okay, can I ask you a question quick, Tyler? Just briefly. So again, I want to get to the link building discussion, but for our listeners, you mentioned yeah. technical SEO. It's not something I want to glaze over. In my mind, technical SEO has always been like SEO friendly URL, title tags, alt tags, H1 tags. Yeah. Is there anything that you would add to that? Or is it kind of like a one and done, my site is clean, move on? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, there's quite a bit to add to technical. So depending on the sophistication of the firm and, and we pick up clients and other SEOs out there listening to this know this, it's like 50% of the clients you work with have never heard of SEO and the other 50% just fired their last agency and you need to win their trust. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and so it's like, dang it. You know, that's what we get to start with. So we, we heal a lot of broken hearts. So on-site technical is the first thing that we look at. So two things. One, if you're coming from an agency that's been pumping content out for you, a question that I would ask them is, hey, can you show me in Google Analytics every single page by link structure on my website and how much traffic those pages get. The really interesting answer to that is when I look at libraries of content on websites and I actually go through their analytics, half of the content they've written over the past two years is never read by a single person. Yeah, it gets mm. nothing. I've had the same experience. Nothing. Yeah, and, sure. so, and if they're not doing internal linking, which is a part of onsite technical, 
Um, and I'll, I'll give you a metaphor for the listeners to understand in a moment. Those pages can actually become uncrawled, which, which basically means Google, you could call Google bots lazy. They're like, look, humans haven't read this thing in like five years. Why should we even categorize it or, or give this, this site credit for this? So if you have kind of an ant hill, and bear with me through poor metaphors, obviously the top of the opening is, is the best place, right? And so if you're dumping water down there, you know, each lane or each page in, in the water would be traffic in this case. You have your really popular pages that get the most traffic. We have all these dead pages down low. You're not even getting credit for that. So, so by the way, the last thing you'd want to do is go hire another SEO agency to pump out more content that's not going to be, you know, resulting in any for you or, or rank increase. So what we do is that we actually would do internal linking. And that's one technical thing you'd want to ask your agency about. It's like, let's take those pages that get massive amounts of traffic and link back or internally link those pages that don't. Other blogs too, just as a side note here, I've seen a lot of SEO companies writing blogs for companies, no call to action. So the best case scenario, your blog ranks first on Google. Great job. If that's my first experience of seeing you online and I read this great story and have no way to actually convert, what is the point, <laughs> right? Uh -huh. So have a call to action at the end of those things. So other types of on-site technical, and, and by the way, that's usually why we can jump in directly to link building because people have adequate content or even some content not even being seen. It's not, they're not even getting the credit for that online. And that's typically because agencies don't do link building. Uh, well, I've got a, an ax to grind there. The reason I bring it up is because my experience has been exactly what you said. Agencies are doing, a, you know, content creation, but then I've also seen, especially in not to slander our collective environment, but with offshore agencies, they do a lot of technical SEO on a recurring basis. And so I'll see clients that are like, you know, oh yeah, they're, you know, they send me the report and they've tweaked like meta descriptions or title tags or whatever. In my mind, I'm like, what could that have done? So, you know, technical SEO on a recurring basis, your thoughts on that? Yeah. So let's use that other metaphor. If we have a house up in the mountains and that's the website we just talked about, now we have content. So we have rooms for people to engage. And now I've gone in and I've painted all the rooms and optimized the site. I've cleaned the whole house. You're not adding new rooms on. I've cleaned the house. Why would you need to pay me to re-optimize a site over and over and over again each month? At Nuclear, at our company, we do most of that front-loaded. Mm. The moment that content is optimized, you don't need to keep optimizing it. It's already optimized. Now, there is an argument, yeah, you should be doing regular crawls. You know, there's like Screaming Frog. There's other qualified platforms you can use for regular crawl reports to make sure nothing's broken. There's no, you know, 301 redirect needs or errors, et cetera. But yeah, to continue to re-optimize and more, that's, that should, unless you're changing your strategy entirely and you're like, look, we should actually rank this site for a different keyword set. Um, it shouldn't really be necessary. So questions I kind of ask, and again, this is why a lot of SEO agencies produce content. I'm going to get a lot of hate mail after this, but it's like, it's All right, so, bring it's it on. <laughs> like, let's call it what it is. It's like, look, we're, we're trying to help them. This stuff takes time. SEO does take time. And so now you have a client asking you at month two, why am I not ranking first? So you have to show them I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Here's some three or four blogs. Does content help? Of course it helps. But focusing on quickest results, I mean, we front load all of the on-site. We do site speed optimization, dynamic Google Tag Manager setup, all the stuff that you've already talked about too, tags, descriptions, those things are important. But unless you're adding massive amounts of new content ongoing, what else is there to, to optimize? You're mm. more of in a monitoring phase at that point. So my note there for our listeners is that agencies sell what you will buy. And Tyler just, I think, nailed it. The reason agencies are so obsessive with, you know, content recurring technical is because they can show you something tangible 
while the time it takes to rank is taking place. And really, this is a self-imposed problem. This is a problem that the consumers have created and agencies haven't been strong enough to push back on, manage the expectations for. But I like dispelling with these myths because, I mean, and dude, you saying you're going to get hate mail. I believe it. Because like what, what you just did, you know, I mean, you took away 50% of an agency's monetization potential, which I think is to the end user's benefit and advantage. So I love the value problems you're dropping. I'm sorry that I chose to jump on a soapbox there. Keep going. Yeah, no worries. I like how you framed that because it certainly isn't. I know a lot of SEOs in our space and, and quality companies that, yeah, content's a core deliverable. And look, if you have two sites and one's producing content and one's not, and everything else is created equal and they're both doing link building, the one with content will more than likely win, right? So it's, I want to be really clear, that's important. But to your point, it's, man, you could have a, a rocket scientist working on your site and know all the right answers. But if the business owner on the other end doesn't have that level of, level of acumen or knowledge base in the technical marketing space, it's going to fly over their head and that's okay. Right. Just the same as like an electrician would fly over my head. I don't know what you do. Right. So it's like, that's okay. But the trust isn't there, man, that content's sure a safety net, right? Because it's like, Hey, we're doing something. And, and I know everybody, at least if they're not going to mention it out loud, they agree with that. It's like, wouldn't it be nice if clients just trusted you to what <laughs> actually needed uh, versus doing all this extra busy work just to show them that you're, you're doing something. So well, I think you're creating a collective sigh of relief of a lot of the people who listen to this show who are business owners, maybe not the agency owners who are SEOs who are delivering content as a deliverable. Look and see what I did. Hey, I did it as well. You know, we're an SEO company. I'm not sure how much it actually helped them aside from the fact that I was running some Facebook ads to them that actually got, got them real traffic and customers. But I think there's a lot of businesses out there that think like, this is just such a massive task and I have to create content. I have to pay somebody to create content all the time. Like you said in the intro, it's like most businesses have enough content, have sufficient content. I mean, but in you guys front end load the on-site technical, mm -hmm. if you don't have enough content, if, like it really is like a thin site, you yeah. know, three, four, five pages, I mean, can you do what you need to do without adding more to it? I mean, obviously a deeper site you would like to think is also a way to persuade potential visitors to take the next step, the call to action, obviously, which is another thing that you need. Obviously, the reason why your website is there is not because it's a brochure. It's a way in which you get business. But are there cases where you're like, there's a minimum requirement for content? And then what recommendations would you have there? Mm -hmm. there, there is definitely cases, you know, we, we get a lot of first time business owners and through our vetting process to see if we're the right fit, we'll look at their existing platform. If they're on a DIY platform, Squarespace, GoDaddy, website builder, Wix, something they put together themselves, it's a single page homepage. No way in heck <laughs> that we can, we can adequately rank that. Now, what I would say in return, it's like, do they need to rank? Is, is that the sole goal? Like, and, and go with me through this uh, example, but if it's a plumber and it's a local area and their core goal there is to get leads and that's all they have for a website and their budget is finite, maybe the best use of their budget is actually to rank them on the map pack instead. That doesn't require a lot of the on-site optimization. That's an off-site technique. You're ranking them in the maps. So they get all of the call now. We're putting them in Google uh, guaranteed up top or, you know, so they're showing up at five stars and more. So there's other ways to acquire uh, leads for companies. It's, it's certainly not a one size fits all, but there is a minimum, there's absolutely a minimum uh, content, you know, threshold. 
we we offer little content. It's it's probably less than five percent of our business currently. It's twenty twenty one here, so <laughs> if that changes in a couple of years, you know. Um, but what we do, what what we found is the majority of of companies, like I mentioned, you know, in prior conversations, you know, one of our our nutraceuticals clients, they sell liposomal glutathione with L-theanine and GABA, and it's like, what is that? You know, if, if you don't shop in that space and you're not a practitioner, now of course I know it because that's all I've lived and breathed for a certain amount of time. And I know the liposomal delivery system and the effects on the body and what function those serve. But I can also tell you, if you have a marketing intern, write content for those people, not only are they going to have to rewrite it all because you're probably going to misposition the, you know, the compounds used, the function, medical terminology, legal claims. You have this whole compliance issue as well as the FDA, by the way. Who, sure. who's going to be breathing down their neck and now you're liable as a marketing company, we would find a qualified contractor in that space to, to produce content if the client needs it specific to that industry who's an expert because <laughs> we're great at SEO. We're not, we're not going to write in, in bio, right? So, so just 80-20 this for me before we get into the link building side, which yep. I'm fascinated with. Like on the on-site technical, yep. site has minimum good amount of content, we're talking about internal linking between pages. What's the little hinge that swings the big door, at least in your experience, when you talk on-site technical? If somebody were to say, all right, I'm listening to perpetual traffic right now, and then I'm going to go back into WordPress and figure out why I'm not ranking for all the keywords that I want to be ranking for. Like, What would you tell them that thing is, or is that an it depends answer? Well, you know, SEO, everything's it depends. <laughs> but right. no, let me give you a, a solid answer for 80% of the time. So let's use WordPress. Mm-hmm. So there are people out there listening right now that probably use Yoast. And they're probably going, well, all my pages are green and I updated the Yoast. Why am I not ranking? <laughs> I was going to ask you, like, which plugins Yoast specifically? Oh, Go man, ahead. Look, I'm not even bashing Yoast. I love them, but it's like... Right. Man, if, if you're a highly technical SEO and on-site and you're requesting SFTP access to go in to the back end to do image compression and JavaScript parsing and you name it, I mean, like Yoast is one of the most simple forms. And is it helpful? Sure. Yeah, it's a helpful way to get snippets entered and optimize one page for one keyword. What if you want to optimize it for two? There's not room to do that. And then they, I think there's like a readability score tool that's kind of in beta they need to upgrade the language processing on like readability scores. It's like, well, I'm not writing to a third grade reading level. So I'm always going to score like a 50% or less. But anyway, so I guess what I'd say is, is twofold. I'm a huge fan. So here's a little plug for, for WordPress. I, I love WordPress. We're on WordPress. We happen to use Divi. A lot of web devs out there will say, hey, we hate WordPress. You know, it's a blogging site originally. You know, it's not that versatile. We'd go custom platform. I'm personally not a fan of custom platforms. They need updated regularly. WordPress is always dynamic. It's a big box platform. Plus you can go with Divi. You can go with other website builders where you can do custom anything you want. Still sits on that platform, but they're SEO friendly. They're more SEO friendly out of the box. In my personal opinion, I like things like WordPress Rocket. There are a few plugins and there can be downsides to this. So please check with, you know, a a webmaster, but I mean, for really quick image compression, like that's a solid tool. That's a, a really quick win. If you engage with an SEO company, likely they'll have those licenses. You don't need to pay for that stuff. But sure, Yoast is great. It's kind of an overglorified keyword density tool. But the on-site is important. But back to my analogy, we have a home in the mountains that no one knows about. That's your website. You've created content. Now you've optimized on-site. You've done Yoast. You've done all the things. You're still in the middle of nowhere in the mountains and no one knows you exist. 
So if you're not going to pair that with offsite backlink building, in most cases, eight times out of 10, you're still not going to rank. And when I say rank, will you move from page 100 to page seven? Probably. Are you actually going to be on the top five of page one? Probably not. Is that actually why you're doing SEO? Probably. So, so if the goal is to win, you need to pair it with offsite backlink building. And that's what a lot of individuals miss. I want to throw one quick disclaimer. If you live in the middle of nowhere or a small town and you are a CPA and you have an SEO just doing blogging and onsite for you, that actually might be enough mm. because competition dictates. I mean, if, if we're going to go sell Ferraris in the North Pole, marketing is like five bucks. We'll get you ranked on Google in a second. Turns out no one's in the North Pole looking for Ferraris. So yeah, even no four wheel drive either. Yeah, there you go. Not, well, maybe the SUV, but <laughs> yeah. So anyway, you get, you get the concept. It's, it, it is, I'm a huge advocate for link building. That's really, once the, once the house is clean, like let's focus on cranking that thing up and inviting people over. Got it. So Yoast or no Yoast? I wasn't sure if that was a plug or. Yoast for sure. I'm just a little bitter. (laughs) There's a lot like barrier to entry can be low for SEO. And it's like, you can watch YouTube and learn how to do Yoast. That does not make you an SEO expert. It really doesn't. And and is it a great start? Totally. Do that for sure. But there's, there's just a lot more involved. Yeah. It's so pretty though. Like when it everything's is. lit up green. Oh, I know, man. I like, like yeah. The <laughs> My page doesn't rank, but I've got greens and Yoast. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, just so, so you know, both Ralph and I are, I'm going to, Ralph, if hopefully you, just, you don't take this as a pejorative, but we're failed SEOs. Yeah, started, totally. Yeah. Started an SEO, realized it's, you know, a tough service. And then we, and we transitioned out. So I'm always fascinated by a guy that's actually making money doing this. And it pisses me off a little bit, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, me too, actually. I really don't like him all that much. Right. <laughs> we talk here. Yeah, the smarter no, I realize he is, the, 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 the less enchanted I am by him. One mentioning here really quick, I mean, to that, whether it's paid ads or SEO, and both are important, really both are important. I can go into that whole thing on keyword convertibility testing. We always recommend paid ads with our SEO. So by the way, I plug back to you. Not only is it going to bring quicker leads and allocation and attributions measurable, but it's actually keyword convertibility testing for me. Sure. You're driving a thousand clicks for this one keyword and it's always converting. Heck yes, let's rank that. But I don't want to spend six months ranking you first for a keyword that doesn't convert. How would I know unless we ran paid ads? So there's a plug. And secondly, um, we had an interesting experience recently, second in the entire history of our business. We drove massive amounts of traffic to a qualified site through SEO and some paid ads and no one bought their product mm-hmm. and the person you know is not happy and of course we're you know i'll, I'll leave the business handling side and, and more out of it and we're trying to help but um it doesn't remove the need for product viability does anyone really want your product is a great question and it's a hard one ask that in the mirror ask people who are not your friends who are strangers do you like this would you pay for this um, because if you just go pay an seo or a paid ads company to to prove your popsicle stick with little eyeballs on it and you want to get rich, it's like <laughs> product viability is important. So traffic isn't the be all end all, whether it's through SEO or ads. But anyway, that's my, my little stitch there. <laughs> I think we've all had experiences where we've driven lots of traffic and <laughs> the fulfillment on their side or the offer itself just didn't convert. Nobody wanted the damn thing or they had no process to actually follow up on the lead. So, but yeah, certainly something that you have to consider. So 
when you're looking at like after you've done your on-site technical, everything's looking good there. You've cleaned the house. All the rooms are sparkling clean. Right. Now, like, what do you start running paid ads to figure out like what are those converting keywords? Like it's, it might be in a niche that you're not very familiar with. It might be in a niche that you are familiar with. Obviously you've done this for, you know, hundreds of companies. What's the next step? Because at the end of the day, you want to drive business and sales. That's so, right. Yep. So all budgets aside and industries aside, all the listeners imagine if, if we're going into a business together and this is my money that I'm paying, here's what I'm doing. Yes, you need to optimize your website. By the way, optimizing your site actually helps paid ads as well. If your site takes four seconds or more to load, your bounce rate might increase. People might abandon that page. If you're paying per click to drive them there, you don't want them leaving. So these things actually work in synergy together. What is the next thing I'm doing once the house is clean? Next thing I'm doing, of course, yeah, I would like to start paid ads. I, I'm surely going to conduct you know, additional keyword research and it goes without saying, submit those to your client, make sure that those keywords are, because I mean, you and I are not experts in every industry, right? So we can look at data, search volume analysis and, and those types of indicators, but certainly they're going to know more than, than we do. And, and we also compare that with competitors that they divulge. Here's people in my space that I know are competitors. Hey, did you know that they're actually ranking for these keyword terms? What do you think about those? This one's a medium difficulty. This one's really difficult and expensive. Let's focus on this and get you ROI. So yes, paid ads, landing pages, if, if they don't have an adequate lander, you know, like all of those sections that I'm sure you've covered probably in other shows as well. But from an SEO standpoint, we will go guns blazing on, on the link building aspects. There's several different types of link building. First type of link building that every site needs, every site, whether you're only selling shoes online, you have no storefront, or if you're a retail shop downtown Denver somewhere, right? And every company, by the way, does talk about this. Every SEO company typically does. Directories, right? Yellow pages, white pages, Yahoo Local, Bing, Google Places, you know, those types of, or, uh, or Google My Business. So those types of things are fairly important. What I try to do is I try to remove the technical for a large majority of, of our client base, but look at Google as a person first and foremost. They are a business. Trust is important. All of us, you know, we, we, we know each other on the podcast here. If we were just to meet at a Starbucks and I was trying to tell you something, we would have less trust. <laughs> but because we're surrounded by people, we know we have more trust. So if you go to Google and you're a brand new site that's never existed before and you come out of the woodwork and say, Google, through SEO and more, I demand to be ranking first. But like... You're not even in the business directories. We don't even know if you're a college student creating a fake website to pass a class. Is this a real company? So it's like, knock out your directories. Those are easy. Um, I would recommend manually building those. Just a, a little hack. You can go to companies like Bright Local and more. They'll help you with manual builds. I don't like subscription service directory. And I'm not going to mention them because I, res I respect the companies out there and we're partners with one. But if you're paying monthly for directories, that's a little weird to me. If I pay somebody to create a LinkedIn profile, why would I pay them monthly to keep it up? That's strange. They did work once. Another problem that we've realized just from the agency owner side is a lot of those monthly services that you pay for just to keep maps up, they'll tell you, hey, we're optimizing, we're doing this, that, and the other, and, and perhaps those things are occurring. The moment you quit services, all those profiles become unclaimed because they were created by a robot. Ask your provider. Will this become unclaimed if I quit? Hmm. That's kind of weird. That's a bad thing to find out five years later. It's like, man, I thought I already paid to have these done. Now it turns out they're gone. But those links are important. And those could be a mix between, and there's all sorts of language that may or may not matter to, to some, but web 2.0s, follows, no follows, et cetera. But 
that's the foundational yes on a business. All these sites are saying the same thing about me. So that's what you can do the first month as well while you're running paid ads simultaneously and maybe testing keywords and getting keyword approval on new keyword sets for SEO. So, so, I, so I guess when I think about directories, I always think about it's a local business. It's like it's the local right. you know, personal injury lawyer. I don't think about that as like a multinational like brand, but are they both done the same way? It's sort of like your first step, obviously, with the multinational brand. They probably have some level of trust and linking in any way sort of already baked into the cake, but it's for no matter what the business is, is what you're, what you're saying, or at least that's how I'm understanding. I am. I am. And I challenge uh, listeners, especially in the SEO space to, to think from a different angle here. Most people look at directories, by the way, if we're selling Nike shoes, who's going to go on white pages and buy Nikes? No one, man. They're going to look at, they're going to find your Google shopping ads or your Instagram ads, or your, you know, you're going to hope maybe be ranking it. But even if you're not a retail and local, the reason that we are actually building these is one, here's a general truth. And we've tested this since 2010. Two sites are exactly in the same space, competing in the same space for the same keywords and they're optimized the same way. The one with directories will win. So all things created equal, the ones with those links win. So we started going deeper into that. The tendency for most agencies and some out there might be listening, um, do link building. Some do, right? And, and that's a whole styling preference we'll talk about, but if you just come out of the gate, think about, put yourself in Google's shoes. There's a company that's never existed. They're all of a sudden here. And now there's 50,000 high domain authority links that came out of nowhere and they want to rank first. And not one person has shared about them on a blog or on a Facebook post and they're not on Yelp. That looks really odd. Mm. So what we've actually found out it, it, it is more efficient to build directories alongside with highly authoritative industry niche links on sites that's how you get the most lift. You're emulating a viral campaign that looks real to Google. That's what you're doing. It's like, and everybody's talking about these people, even on these other platforms over here, you might get social signals and specific points. All of those things actually help you, you kind of rise to the top. So that's why we always, we actually give away directories for free, by the way. So if anybody works with us, hey, if you're working with us monthly, stay with us for a month. <laughs> you're like, we'll give you free directories for one location. So yeah. It's a pretty so, good deal. I didn't realize that those recurring directory services actually disappeared if you yep. stop paying your bill. Dude, That's we, diabolical. We, we sell one of the biggest ones. And look, it's easier for agency owners. That stuff's like watching. Sure. It's so boring to build directories. Right. But it's, uh, yeah, it got really weird when clients call back. It's like, hey, with the new agency and none of this is done, we paid you. And that's when you learn the hard way because certainly the reps aren't going to say, hey, this stuff disappears if you quit. So kind of a lesson hard learned for us. So just a little bit of a review, went over two things. Hey, it's Kasim here and I have a question for you. What if you could legally get the emails of almost every person who visits your website? Now, I know that sounds crazy, but seriously, what if you could safely and respectfully target your website visitors via email just by dropping a pixel onto your site? It might sound too good to be true, but our new sponsors at getemails.com can do just that. They've created a system that's compliant with U.S. laws and regulations, and every email address they send you is opted in to receive emails. That means you can connect your anonymous website visitors to real people and then safely retarget them through email with real-time, fully compliant interactions. I've personally met the CEO, Adam Robinson, and the guy is absolutely brilliant. And he believes in his product so much that he's willing to do something a little crazy for PT listeners. 
if you are an e-commerce brand that's doing over a million in annual revenue and you've gone through their easy 30-minute onboarding process, if you don't 5x your investment within the first six months, they will give you all of your money back. To take advantage of this offer, go to getemails.com forward slash scalable. That's getemails.com forward slash scalable. Hey, PT listeners, when's the last time your business published on its blog? If the answer is, that's way too long for me to remember, I want you to listen up because our friends at BKA Content have a new service where they'll deliver fresh blogs to your inbox and all you have to do is just post them on your site. Now, these articles are all originally written just for your business. They're not generic articles that are just copy and pasted or thrown into some AI software or written by a VA. No, these are professional writers who are going to sit down and write articles just for your business. We've used them in the past, and they're absolutely fabulous. Now, if you want an extra reason to go try them yourself, BK is giving PT listeners half off their first month. Just go to bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual to get started. That's bkacontent.com forward slash perpetual. Things here, which I think are important to the listeners, is you talked about converting keywords and how to do that research. Any tools that you use there? Obviously, we have some sponsorships for some tools that we like here at Perpetual Traffic. And then secondarily, you also mentioned another resource, which is funny because that's the one that I used to use way back when, which is Bright Local. And it sounds like they're still pretty strong. You guys utilize that. So tools for converting keywords you prefer. Maybe it's something that you do internally anyway as part of your service through a proprietary software, but spill the goods there on some of the things you're doing. Well, now I'm curious what, what your tools are that you sponsor. Maybe we use those already <laughs> that sponsor you, but are they landers or tell me about them just to name a few. Converting keyword tools. What are the ones that you prefer? One of the ones that you use? Yep. So we use, we use a couple tools primarily for, so we, we have kind of an in-house set of tools, right? So Ahrefs is, is definitely one that we use. If we're doing backlink deconstructs offsite, which might sound like gibberish to some, but it's basically just we can tell why are your competitors ranking? We can tell that. Not just their on-site, their appearance and, and how well the site's optimized and the keywords they use, but how many links have they acquired over the years? Think of a link as a battery. The more quality links you hook up to your website, the brighter the site gets, right? So we like to use majestic.com uh, for that. That's a good start uh, until we get the keys you know, to the car and, and can access Search Console. Another platform that we use that complements Ahrefs would be advanced web rankings. And that's primarily for keyword tracking in real time. We, and, and the only reason we use that is, is to actually pull through API to our reporting. But yeah, so certainly we use those tools. There's a lot of quality tools out there. Yeah, we use those for tracking attribution and uh, keyword testing. So Awesome. Very cool. And for our listeners, we'll be dropping those in the show notes too. So if you want, you don't have to frantically take notes. We'll have them available. Yeah. Absolutely. Over at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. We'll leave that all at the end. So on-site technical, we've done our keyword research. Here's the big reveal. Now we're ready for backlinking, right? Or no? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, certainly. So, and and you've built your directories, right? So built your directories. Got it. Master T's dotted your eyes there. You have the the bare minimum (laughs) done. Uh, One thing that we do at Nuclear is we have three aggregators that continue using AI to duplicate. So what that means is those directories keep building themselves for a year out. That's a, 
probably another conversation. It's not typically publicly accessible, but the reason that it's important to continue building directories, you might be able to do it manually, is again, as you're building what we're gonna talk about right now, authoritative links to your website, that's gonna be pretty important to continue pairing those other types of links with that. So what would we might do? So you used a personal injury attorney. We happen to work with a, the largest PI company out in uh, Los Angeles. So I'll leave them unnamed. They ranking first. So anyway, um, we basically go out and the old school way of link building, if people do this, there's a couple different ways. One, if you're an SEO company and you're listening to this, you already get hit up 50 times a week by companies everywhere in the world claiming that they have guest post blogs and all this stuff that they want to try to sell you. So there's a lot of spam out there. Here's the dangers of doing that even though some of those links can be good, by the way, so I just wanna point that out. You don't have access to or control the website that your link is being published on. Now, although that might sound normal, in, in most cases with PR and more, you wouldn't have access as well, but the problem with that is somebody could easily publish a link for your client and delete it three months. That's one problem. Two, those websites are real estate for them to sell. So what's to stop them from selling 50,000 links and diluting the quality of that domain. Three, the way that they typically categorize those links that you can purchase, and I'm talking about like link stores and things like that online or, or these email spammers, they're going to say, hey, I have a high DA you know, link. For one, Moz made up the term domain authority. Google did not. So let's just call that what it is. Mm. Two, now we're using language made up by one third party. And, and there's a lot of truth to that, right? There's third party crawlers that would show patterns. And yes, if you have more high DA links or domain authority links, it'll rank higher. But they're selling links like legal links or business links or sports and wellness links. And they're really high level topical. Well, what is a business link? Like, isn't everyone kind of a business? That's pretty generic. So what we do instead is we're going to go out to industry thought leaders that are niche experts or thought leaders in, as an example, not just legal, not even just personal injury, motorcycle accident attorney, Uber accident attorney, Lyft accident attorney, et cetera, for multiple reasons. One, that's low hanging fruit. Those are less competitive keywords. They still have a lot of people searching for them per month. That's gonna drive really qualified leads. And when you get somebody in from motorcycle accident attorney, you know exactly why they're there. <laughs> so it's like, if you have a form on that page, you know what happened. So personal injury attorney, oh my goodness, that's a highly competitive space. Same with credit repair and a few others, but Dude, personal injury attorney in LA, the cost per click is $500 plus per go. click. It's nuts. Yeah. And they're all driving that up, right? You know that Google's yep. demand. So they're, they're actually their own worst enemy. Uh, they're all making each other pay and Google's laughing all the way to the bank. So I just um, cost that guy 500 bucks, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's not your client. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you ever want to get back at a personal injury attorney, just go click on their ads. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, yeah, so that's what we look. We, we look for low-hanging fruit. And by the way, if we're working with a paid ads you know, team as well, man, your ads team should be working with your SEO team. This should not be siloed. That exact reason. Hey, maybe we should rank for personal injury instead of paying per click because that's really expensive. Maybe we should pay per click for motorcycle accident attorney because that's only $28. And, and then you, the SEO team, can go after the big stuff. So those are good reasons, but largely, I also want to clear up a common misconception. Is PR backlink building? Is PR backlink building? For one, 
I used to call it that when I was an SEO, but it's probably not. <laughs> a lot of people do, including yeah, people who sell PR. <laughs> so I'm going to mention some names here, big names, PR Newswire, right? PR Web, Montwater, a few others. Quality companies, they do what they do well. I've had only great experiences with all. One thing I want to challenge users to do, especially those SEOs out there, have you purchased PR for links for your clients? Do you check Google Search Console to see if that link actually made it to your site? Why don't you go to that article that you're published on, click the anchor text, and look at the domain. It's going to redirect to PR Newswire so they can give you this pretty report. And then it's going to redirect to your money site, which just defeated the purpose. At best, that's a tier two link. They just stole your link. They used to be no follow too at, at some, weren't yep. they? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So many publishers, they're in contract with, uh, with these people, right? And that's how you can press a button and you immediately get picked up by 15,000 people. It's like, calling it what it is, we all like to feel special, but did that many people really care about your article so much that they're going to push publish? So there's an obligation there. There's a business agreement. And yeah, certainly Google monitors those things. And, and when that happens a certain amount of times, they, they no follow. Facebook used to be follow, right? People ruined it. Copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. And that was the old fun days of SEO. Yeah. Um, but about the time I, I gave up, yeah. <laughs> basically declared war on Facebook. They did a really yeah. good job of deprioritizing Facebook's content. It's weird to see yeah. trillion dollar brands battling like they're, you know, teenage kids. Oh, I know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if you saw on, if you guys are on Reddit or anything, but I mean, Google and Microsoft just agreed to start suing each other again. And it was like, <laughs> not the onion thread. In addition, I mean, look what Apple just did this last year. They just pulled their, their data sharing from Facebook which absolutely burns a lot of their, like, their, their targeting models. So, yeah, it, it is weird to see these big companies fighting. Don't but, we know it? Yeah. What I, what, what <laughs> I see the pain, Ralph. I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, sorry. It's close to home. Yeah. Um, it's all right. Dagger in my heart. Earned media is a style of links that I highly recommend. That would be the equivalent of you. So when, when we won, you know, Inc. 5000 as an example, shameless self-promotion. But we, we had to pay to get a link from the website. Sure. Uh, which I thought was odd because I'm like, you're giving me a, an award and then you're asking me to pay you to publish me. They monetize every oh. aspect of it. It's crazy. Good people. I get it. It's business. But like, you know, they, they wrote an article and we got a link from that. And that's direct to us. Now, Inc. is not specific to digital marketing. So if you, if you guys go deconstruct nuclear networking's links, oh my gosh, man, we're all over the place, right? Because we get links from everybody and it's not just marketing links. So earned media is gonna be a great way. Go out to industry thought leaders in that space, whether it's biocuticals or it's construction or this, that, or the other. Have an SEO by your side. You really need to analyze like, are these sites you're getting links from good? Not all links are created equal. If your aunt puts you on her blog, that will do nothing more than likely. Unless you're just like Martha Stewart and, and you're in Home and Garden or something. So not all links are created equal. So it is important to have an educated SEO around that link building piece, but it is mind-numbing work. A lot of companies, and I'll reveal the secret because we're all high tech here, they will cold call. <laughs> hey, so-and-so SEO company, can we buy a link on your company? Or they're going to send out a cold email. And I'm sure some people have already gotten those like, hey, can we put a link on your website? It is brutal work. So not available on market. It is available through nuclear. We've developed a SaaS platform. We automated the entire link acquisition process. That was the biggest pain point in the world for us. So we felt necessary to solve that issue for ourselves. But I'm telling you, link, all we've been doing on our site is link acquisition. We're ranking first for all the terms we want to. 
and it's required no contact. Can I just ask you a question there, Tyler? Because I've had a suspicion for a while. My agency ranks for Google Ads agency generic nationwide, which is nuts. We're on the first page. We're the third or fourth agency that ranks. Man, it's a great keyword. <laughs> well, so that's here's the thing. We didn't actively go after that. I got, and, and this is what I'm going to ask you. I got one link from Forbes. We got an article published in Forbes, Super Organic, and all of a sudden we skyrocket. I realize correlations and causation, but you know, outside of having a clean site and we do some content creation, I have no idea what else to attribute that to. Do you think that could, could that do it? Just one link from Forbes, one and done? Depends on the authority. Like personally, Forbes is, Forbes is riddled with clickbait. Right. <laughs> they're monetizing, they're doing what they do, but that is interesting. So without even answering, I mean, I can give you my opinion. I'd have to go dig. I'm going to look at your backlink profile. I'm going to find out why you're ranking, why you're not. There could be, so another, another link structure that not a lot of individuals talk about is tier two link building. So like direct links make sense, right? Go get a powerful link, industry thought leader, drive it to the relevant page you want to rank for. You want that keyword, preferably in your link structure on the page, headers, et cetera, density, all the things. But there's also, what about these other profiles that exist that represent you online? You can link build to those profiles that link to you. And that juice is actually passed through. So I, I know that it sounds weird, but back to that anthill thing, one entry, that's your home site. And then you have tons of main, you know, tier one links. And then from those tier one links, you have even more. And so link tiers, we help. So to your question, if, if I were to look through that and find out that tons of reposts have taken place or tons of links have relinked to that article and that article's linked to your page. Yeah, very well. You know, it could carry quite a bit of power. That's interesting. That's your two link building too, that I hear that and it, and it almost scares me because I'm like, gosh, if I'm going to invest time, effort, energy, money, building links, I want them going straight to my domain. So when do you make that decision? When are you like, okay, I have enough tier one, I'm going to move to tier two. We do them both simultaneously to show natural growth. And we will also link build to like even a Yelp page. And so those things are important. And I guess, uh, you know, there's a lot of theories. There's a lot of industry experts. And then, of course, Google, obviously, is not going to come out and go, hey, here's how to beat our system. Here's the next algorithm update. And here's how to win. Of course not. They're actually going to communicate what they want to have a better experience for their users. And, oh, and dude, they lie through their teeth. I can tell when I used to run SEO, they'd come out and say something that I could prove definitively was not true. I remember Matt Cutts coming out. You remember those, those YouTube yeah. videos he used to put out? And it was yeah. just all absolute BS. Yeah. <laughs> So your point a PR on, guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your point on like, how, how do you know when to do this? Or that's kind of spooky. One thing I would tell you is one, obviously, if you're controlling your own link building, you know, the quality and, and where they're going and why. If you're buying from these link vendors that are saying, hey, I'll sell you a personal injury link. That's DA 75, domain authority 75, 300 bucks. You're going to love it. Think about tier two link building right then. Why is your link DA 75? Let's come a level deeper. Why is that one ranking well, right? Why is this link powerful? You might find some spooky things, adult content, PBNs, which is personal blog networks. Like they're artificially promoting these pages that are now powerful so they can sell you links to those pages. Google sees that. They continue to crawl. They don't just crawl one layer, they crawl down. And that's why things like shared hosting, GoDaddy, be really careful with that. Not recommended. You, you can very quickly look who else is on the same server I am. Mm. Might be sharing it with adult content sites like Google sees that. So, who do you host with, Tyler? If you were to recommend, like I know WordPress, Divi, where are you hosting? Yeah, so I mean, I'm a huge WordPress fan myself. Um, so, I'm a huge fan of uh, Flywheel or WP Engine, mainly because of the automated, like, uh, there's a lot of security um, aspects and, and perks and more that they, and, and auto updates and just kind of the minutiae 
Um, you can, if you're an agency, you can get agency consolidation rates on that. If you're an individual. Isn't WP Engine shared? Like, aren't you, you're still in a shared server, aren't you? You can do, uh, on, on both of those, you can get dedicated. Okay. I mean, I, I can check and I hope I'm not wrong. Now I'm going to Google it because I'm, I'm worried. But uh, yeah, it's, it's ultimately like GoDaddy is just going to, it's like hooking up a power splitter to a power splitter to a power splitter. Like they're like, as long as the breaker doesn't blow, we're going to keep adding more sites. I would prefer, I mean, if you're technically inclined enough, man, get on like, get on a dedicated through AWS or Google hosting. I mean, Google hosting doesn't even have a backend it, as far as I know, like a C panel that's user-friendly, but man, if you can get on those dedicated ones with unlimited bandwidth. So if you get hit with a million hits tomorrow, it cranks up. And if you don't need it, it goes back down. It's dynamic. So you only pay for what you use. Lightning fast servers can help SEO too, right? So, but uh, yeah, not a huge fan of GoDaddy myself. Great. So customer. I'm looking at WP Engine and the highest price package they have is $241. A month after that, it goes dedicated hosting and custom. Get in touch. So we know dedicated is at least two hundred and fifty or more. Is it worth it? Is it worth it to to shell that out? That feels a little cost prohibitive. It does. There's a lot more. Let me see. If you go through like solutions or just some of the functionality of that, it's not just hosting. Like they typically pair on like you know backups and, and dedicated backups in real time or daily, etc. And redundancies and security and those types of things. That's kind of the thing that you put it on. If, if you're a business owner, you don't really want to mess with that stuff. That would be a good partner for you. If you're sophisticated, you want to save money, but get the best. That's when you go back to like Google cloud, you know, and now you're only paying for what you need, but you need to have a technical, you need technical aptitude to be able to manage that because it's like, it's not that easy. You might need to do some updates. So it's kind of everything and anything in between, but these, you know, that and uh, flywheel seem to work best for, for a lot of our customers. So it's a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, I remember like getting my attorney client because personal injury lawyer was one of my many SEO customers that I don't know what he's doing now with his 13 offices, but we would go so far as like to contact colleges like .orgs or .edus to put you know, do a, either either a sponsorship or some kind of scholarship so I could get a link from there, like a domain authority, or I guess yeah. we used to call it PageRank. I don't even know if that's still a thing, yeah. but like we went that, like that was a lot of work and it helped. It absolutely did help, but it's, it's those kinds of things that you have to think about when you're really talking about link building because you're controlling it. It's legitimate. Mm -hmm. Or is there some kind of shortcut here? I'm looking for the shortcut for the perpetual traffic listener. I know. Yeah, shortcut for traffic listener. Goodness. <laughs> That's funny. People still do that. Like they'll go to colleges and like, hey, can I, uh, can I <laughs> donate to a grant? Yeah, what right. did you mind? Anything. I just want to be on your website. <laughs> so that is, I mean, it still kind of works, but... Yeah, I mean, directories are, are really low-hanging fruit. Again, I know it's not the power that's going to make you rank first, but anybody can go to Yelp and build a profile for free, right? Yellow pages, white pages, and more. So make sure that you have this done. In terms of link acquisition, I'm telling you, and, and this may not be the best, but outside of cold calling you know, schools and, and doing grants and stuff, I would find a sophisticated SEO company that can do this stuff for you because it's like, it, do you want to focus on your business growing and doing what you know how to do well, or do you want to learn an entirely separate trade and not have the tools, the resources, and the know-how and wing it? It's not something that you really want to mess with because to, to your point earlier, it's like, yeah, not all links are created equal. If you do this wrong or you hire a company, again, overseas or wherever, 
they can actually hurt your site. Like what goes up can go down. There's negative SEO. There's a whole nother dark world to this where you can actually drive your site down. So I know it may not be the perfect answer, but I'd, I'd find an SEO company who really knows this stuff around link building. Well, I think you've given the listeners here a lot because chances are probably they're not doing this the right way. And they're probably doing the thing that we've talked about many times before, which is obviously content is important. Let's not minimize it. But if you really want to rank, that's not the real lever. I mean, at the very least, like on-site technical, the directories right there. I mean, for myself, I always thought it was just a local top three or whatever it is that they call it. I always want to call it Google Places. What is it? Top three? ranking, but it's actually super of the three pack. But like that unto itself is like, you can do that as a business owner. You can't, it just takes time. What do you have? Do you have either time or do you have money or do you have both? You know, which is going back to last week's episode. If they've got a little bit of money and they want to get serious on link building, tell us a little bit about what you guys do. And perhaps that might be a solution for, for some of the listeners here. Sure. Yeah. So I guess just in terms of process, for those business owners out there, we run EOS. So I think organization is pretty important working with any company um, that's traction. It's an operating system for humans. So highly recommend looking it up. If you run a business, I don't get commissions. <laughs> so it's I should be a commission salesperson for Gino Wickman, by the way. <laughs> um, Go ahead. We love it too. Yeah. So like in terms of process, what that looks like is when people come. So I'm just going to use us as an example because... There's different styling preferences and different ways that people approach clients. But if you have some budget and you want to learn for free, one, any SEO company should be willing to talk to you for free and educate for free. Turn your trust to show you what's out there. We actually don't start with 30-page audit of meta tags, title description errors, and frankly, language that 99% of business owners don't use. We actually show them a competitor deconstruct. Let's ask really basic questions like, will SEO even help me? Does anyone even want my product or service? Are my competitors doing it? How much are they paying? Is it working? What are they doing? Like, let's look under the hood before we just start spending money, right? And so we show them all of that for free. We do all the on-site upfront first, should we choose to to work together. And what we typically communicate is for over 84% of our clients, we can get results, measurable rank increase, actually moving up in three months or less, right? And the normal story in SEO, if anybody's, it's like, I'm probably cracking more eardrums out there, but it's like, no, you got to hang out for six to 12 months and we hope it works. And I mean, that's, that's what a lot of people say. So it's like, if we can show you that this is moving in the right direction in less than 90 days, that's low risk. Like let's do business together. And if you're not happy, you don't have to stay. So I would go to an SEO company, several, maybe not too many. It's like shopping for attorneys and more. And it's like, you're going to get overwhelmed with decision apathy and sales pitches, but pick like your top three, look for qualifiers. How well are they ranked? How do they treat people who write them bad reviews? That's something that I do. I look at that because uh, then you're going to really hear the, it, you can always be friends when, when everything's going well, but how do those bad situations turn out? Do they have any other qualifiers? Are they you know best place to work or do they treat their people well? That kind of stuff. And then just see what they say and see what they're offering. And I'd probably start with there. A lot of free analysis shopping is what I would do. Yeah, for sure. So if people want to cut to the line and maybe have you as one of those three, where do they find you specifically and nuclear networking? Where's the best place to contact you guys? Sure. And you can either type in nuclearnetworking.com. And if you are lazy like I am, you can just type in nuknet, N-U-K-N-E-T.com. It redirects. There's a short form on the front of our site. Mention if you can in in the form, just listening to this podcast, I'd be happy to talk to you personally and educate whether you're a good fit or not. Happy to help. That's why we're here. So. 
Awesome. Well, really appreciate you coming on here today and how to do real SEO that works without content. And I think we've got, you know, our title for the show right there for sure, because this has been eye-opening, I think, especially for frustrated and former failed SEOs like Kasim and myself. <laughs> and it's good to see that the good guys have one and, and you figured this out and, and been able to help a wide variety of small, medium, and large businesses. So for all the resources that we mentioned here on the show, as well as a way to get in touch with Tyler, head on over to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This has been episode 315. Really appreciate you coming on this week, Tyler. And until next week, everybody, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.